If you're going to run a great business, you've got to have great people, and finding them is a huge part of that puzzle. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com has a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. It identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. You can find them, but ZipRecruiter is how. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash buck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash buck. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash buck. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Once you check out their interface and you see those candidates come right into your inbox, you're going to realize it's a great choice. ZipRecruiter.com slash buck you are entering the freedom hut one year anniversary of the russia collusion probe by Mueller. the short version is they haven't found squat that ties trump to anything having to do with russia collusion the longer well We'll get into it, but it doesn't look good for the FBI or the DOJ. Plus, media is lying their faces off about what Trump said when it comes to immigrants. It is so brazen, it is hard to believe. We'll break that down. And then a traffic stop that has gone viral. When will people learn? Don't try to push the cops around, especially when it's on tape. That and more coming up. This This is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. You're a great American again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Team, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you as always. Coming to you live from the swamp. Which really, these days, it's a swamp everywhere. We've, I'm going to have to build an ark soon and start putting pairs of animals on it. We've just been getting inundated here. Rain, I've never seen such a long rain spell in, uh, in D.C. in all my life. But anyway, we got, we got a lot to discuss today, which is good. I know, you're like, fuck, your weather's not my problem. I know, guys, but we're family. I like to complain to you about these things. So you got the, what, the Mueller one-year mark, right? Happy anniversary, Mueller, um, for his for his probe. And you also have coming soon. You have you have confirmation of it. Uh, we don't know much beyond that. Uh, coming soon, the uh, IG report, the Inspector General report, is going to be released about the Hillary Clinton email investigation. Here's where I think we are on all this, right? I want to start at the macro. Then we'll get into the release of the Cohen uh, Cohen records, by the way. Some very interesting new information on that. It's almost like there's really a deep state, guys. More proof that something weird's going on. We'll discuss that. Uh, We'll also have a little talk about the possibility, the now, I would say the likelihood now. This is better than 50-50. I'm going to say this is like 75-25 that... The federal government, some agency, we could, we'll hopefully figure out who specifically ha- had a source inside the Trump campaign, was running a 
human intelligence source, a, a spy, basically. It's funny, we tend not to use the term spy for a lot of things these days. We, you know, we, we will refer to intelligence and we'll refer to things like that. But yeah, a spy um, against a presidential campaign, a U.S. presidential campaign. I mean, whew. so really, actually, I guess you could say it's a, more of an undercover than a, than a traditional spy because it would be a law enforcement operation against Americans. But anyway, we'll get into some of that, too. What I think is really happening here, though, um, at the at the at the highest view of what's going on, I know Rudy uh, Giuliani, maybe we'll get at some of his sound bites last night. He was on Laura Ingram's show and talking about some things. I, I think I think Rudy Giuliani's really stepped in as the mouthpiece, as the pit bull for the administration, more than a, a specific legal counsel guy in some ways. Or maybe he'll be more effective, is what I should say, in that role. He'll be more effective taking the fight to the opposition instead of being the guy that you expect to have all the answers on the actual law. Uh, But we'll see. Um, But he's out there fighting on all this stuff. What I see going on is an effort to do maximum damage against the Trump administration before we can all find out what really happened here. Because the way this will play out is if they're able to create a real groundswell uh, for impeachment. If, if they're able to push hard enough on all of this that the American people finally, including the Trump base, turn on Trump, then whatever comes out later on, I've told you what the narrative will be. They'll be saying it was necessary. It was justified. Trump was bad. Haven't we already shown you that? So you have to think of this like a a race to the finish line because I am absolutely convinced, have been for quite a while now, but we keep getting more and more information on this. I am convinced that we are going to find real malfeasance. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to be criminally prosecuted for it because these guys are shifty, they're shady, they know how to abuse their power and discretion from within the state. That's why they're deep state. They get it but it will be a political nightmare for the Democrats once we find out the truth of what was done, because I think it's going to go all the way up to the very highest level of the Obama administration uh, appointees. Obama himself, I will leave out of this. I haven't, but remember that this isn't often discussed, pardon the phrase, but the buck stops with Obama when it comes to what, the former CIA director, the former FBI director, the former attorney general, we're doing with all this. So we actually, you know, we, we haven't really brought President Obama himself into this that much as part of the discussion, but why are we, how can we be so sure that there wasn't more of an Obama hand in this than we even know? I'm not saying there was, I'm saying we don't know. But I am also saying that these are we're looking at executive branch employees, Sally Yates, uh, Brennan, Comey, right? These are executive branch employees who answer to the president and their actions are supposed to be the responsibility of the president. And that was Obama. So they need to do everything they can to 
tear down the Trump administration while they can, because by the time we finally get the real scoop here, we are going to see that this was it was a it was a deep state cabal. And I know some of my conservative friends get mad at me for saying this, but I really do believe it. And I think the evidence is clear. A deep state, a deep state cabal that was trying to uh, prevent Trump from being president. And then after that, to end his presidency, in part. For revenge, for not, you know, letting Hillary Clinton win. That is what I see happening. Uh, that is that is the, the context for all the other movements, all the other situations that are playing out right now. Then we get a little more about the uh, the New York Times crossfire hurricane, which, as has been pointed out to me by my, my own family, as well as many of you, is, is a lyric from a Rolling Stones song. I don't want a lot of you to get mad at me, so I'm not going to tell you that the Rolling Stones are a little overrated. Not a lot overrated, a little overrated. So I'm just I'm not going to talk to you about that right now. I'm not going to say that that the Rolling Stones are overrated. Um, I am going to say, however, that the article in the New York Times was an effort to try and create really a a cohesive narrative for the left and for the Democrats to cling to. For the hurricane, that's a coming. Because when this IG report comes out, and it is supposed to be, based on the sources that we have already seen, it is supposed to be very thorough. When this report comes out, I'm telling you, it is going to look terrible for the FBI and the DOJ. Because how could it not? What is the answer to why why was it never even considered to bring obstruction charges against any of Hillary's people or destruction of evidence charges. They destroyed evidence. This is not not even thought about uh, during the course of the investigation. Why weren't subpoenas used? Why Why was immunity given in exchange for getting evidence? You don't have to give immunity. Department of Justice, take it. You get a criminal probe about national security information. You're going to do a, you know, a mother may I? Can I please, please, please? Why? Do, I, I'm asking you folks, do you have a good answer for that? Because I don't. Well, I do actually have the, I have the only answer, which is that the deck was stacked. That's it. And once the IG report, remember, they're going to say, oh, the IG, they're going to look at everything the IG's ever done or said and try to paint him and his whole office as partisans in this. But this is an internal FBI product, as we saw with McCabe. When McCabe was was fired, initially they oh they're just this is terrible. Look what Trump is doing. McCabe is the last honest man in America after Comey left, and then we find out well actually McCabe lies under oath a few times. Actually McCabe's a jerk who reams out his own people for a leak that he did himself. Oh okay, maybe we'll move on from the whole McCabe is you know an, a, a martyr for the FBI and, and a great man. You know they're going to move on from that narrative real fast be prepared for it because it's going to be uh it it is going to be quite a crossfire hurricane for the democrats and for the fbi and all the rest of them when we finally get to the bottom of the hillary email investigation with the ig report that is going to be huge Uh, it really it really really is and then we get to this point about the confidential informant um that the the new york times report yesterday you can, as you read it, and they're trying very hard 
to dance around. You know, yeah, there's actually no collusion. We got nothing. Investigations at the one year mark. Think of all the resources. You think of all the people whose day in and day out job is to get as much information as they can, and they're allowed to subpoena it. They're allowed to just basically take it through legal processes. They, they haven't found out anything that Trump has done yet, but, you know, just give it time. Just give it time. Andy McCarthy, though, our friend from National Review, a former federal prosecutor himself, so he knows the game backwards and forwards. He said that, uh, well, let's let him say it himself. Play 11, please. That there's probably no doubt that they had uh, at least one confidential informant in the campaign. What happened here is they did not have a criminal predicate to open an investigation on Trump as they had an immense criminal predicate to conduct the investigation of Mrs. Clinton. And what they did was use their counterintelligence powers covertly to investigate the Trump campaign during the stretch run of the campaign under circumstances where they did not have evidence that anyone had actually committed a crime. See, they used the counterintelligence power because they didn't have enough to go with the criminal case. But we're supposed to believe that all along, all along, you know, they've just been looking for criminal activity. Most counterintelligence investigations don't end up in any criminal charges. But you see, that's because this is where the F, this is really at the, at the center of this is a, is a misunderstanding I think a lot of people have. The FBI is supposed to be a law enforcement organization. When it goes in the realm of counterintelligence, it actually turns into a spying organization. That's really what it's doing. It is spying for the benefit, or supposed to be spying for the benefit of defending this country against intelligence threats. But they are no longer really operating as a straight-up law enforcement effort. And this is a tension that exists, as I've said to you, uh, European countries have a domestic intelligence agency, and they have a law, various law enforcement agencies. FBI kind of wears two hats, which can be a bit of a problem. I think we're seeing why right here, right now, at the very highest levels. By the way, Trump tweeted this out earlier today. Wow, word seems to be coming out that the Obama FBI spied on the Trump campaign, all in caps, with an embedded informant. Andrew McCarthy, we just played the, kit, uh, played the clip, said... There's probably no doubt that he, they had at least one confidential informant in the campaign. If so, this is bigger than Watergate. And then Trump followed it up with, despite the disgusting, illegal, and unwarranted witch hunt, we've had the most successful first 17-month administration in U.S. history by far. Sorry to the fake news media and haters, but that's the way it is. Indeed. Indeed. I am very much looking forward to that IG report, the Inspector General from uh, DOJ. I, or FBI, uh, I really, really want to see it. So uh, we'll have more on that. But one thing that got skipped over, and that I want to return to, and I don't mean skipped over by us specifically, but media moved past it real fast. Why did financial records, purportedly Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, why did his financial records leak? Uh Financial transaction reports, suspicious financial transaction reports. How did they make their way to the press? That's not supposed to happen. Who did that? Oh, I'm going to tell you, and it's going to be a lot harder for folks who continue to pretend there's not a deep state to say that when they hear this story. That and more coming up.
that's Crossfire Hurricane, huh, guys? Nice. Oh. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I jump in Jack Flash. And everyone's like, fuck. No, you know what I meant. I didn't I, I didn't realize that's where that's the song where he says it. All right, I'm not that up on the stones, so sue me. All right, let's get back into what matters here for a second. Putting aside the fact that Mick Jagger, probably time for him to uh, start, you know, reading reading books by the fire and, and wearing old man sweaters. Um, here we go. The New York Times admitted that the spying happened, which I, I we're, we've gone through quite a cycle of the last 12 months, haven't we? I remember... A little over a year ago, when there were people, oh yeah, like a tapper over at CNN, mocking the notion, mocking it, that there was any spying uh, by the Obama administration on Trump. As I said, oh, we don't talk about Obama much doing it, but it was all of Obama's guys and maybe gals, you know, it was Obama's people doing the spying. So is it really incorrect to say Obama spied on Trump? They didn't work for Hillary. They worked for Obama. Right? I, 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 these are facts. Right? This is not, I'm not uh, pushing the envelope here or anything. I'm just saying what, what is. And the fact that there wasn't, the, the fact that there was spying seems to me to be just something that we've skipped right over. Like, oh, yeah, you know, turns out the president was totally right about that one. You know, whatever. But he's still so bad and terrible. We've gone from, it's crazy. Here we are at the one year anniversary of the Mueller probe. It's crazy. For anyone to say that the FBI, the DOJ, were spying on Mueller to, yeah, of course, but, you know, the Trump people needed a little spying. Oh? Think of who they've, who they've uh, showed us so far as the justification for all this. Manafort, who's just kind of a greedy, sleazy political operative. Carter Page, who's kind of a wacko. Papadopoulos, kind of a, kind of a nobody. And then some other people that no no one says had anything to do with anything. Flynn didn't do anything. Lied under oath, so they they prosecuted him. That's what they say. They say he lied. I think that they, you know, I think that they jammed jammed him up on that one. Uh, you know who else? That guy, uh, the the Dutch lawyer, um, who went to jail for thirty days, and then Gates, who has nothing to do with any of this either. Manafort's partner. So they've admitted to the spying, everyone. Do we get to sort of take a t- step back and say, oh, hold on a second. Wow. They've admitted to the spying. That's um, that's an interesting situation. Based on what? Based basically on a hunch. On what a foreigner, in this case an Australian diplomat in the United Kingdom, said, "We're gonna, you're going to spy. The threshold for opening a counterintelligence investigation against a presidential campaign should literally be higher than almost any other subject I can think of. And what we know now is that the threshold that they used, that the pro-Hillary deep state was going going with, was as flimsy as flimsy gets. But it gets worse. I want to talk to you about the Michael Cohen financial reports. This doesn't seem that interesting, except it really is interesting when you dig into it. I will explain how and why. Come up here in a moment. 844-900-2825. 844-900-BUCK. Stay with me. He's holding the line. 
for America. Buck Sexton is back. Got some calls on the line, my friend. Let's take Patrick in Wabash, Indiana. Hey, Patrick. Yes. Uh, I wanted to ask you if you think that uh, there's actually going to be any justice done and people are going to go to jail uh, under Washington, they would have been shot for doing what they're doing in deep state and uh, Hillary Clinton paying for this document that got everything started. And um, so far, Trump Trump doesn't seem to be pushing for uh, any prison time or death sentence for any of these people. And uh, he hasn't got an attorney general that seems to be willing to do anything either. So the answer, think, the, the answer to your question, Patrick, uh, is I think almost no matter what we figure out here, it is very unlikely, in my estimation, that any of these characters that we are talking about here—Comey, Brennan, Yates, McCabe—oh, uh, actually no, McCabe because lying under oath. But I would even say McCabe; it's unlikely that they will even be prosecuted. Never mind, actually spend any time in prison. Uh, I think that they utilize i think they weaponized a part of the intelligence gathering authority that we usually reserve for the most serious counterintelligence cases for real espionage and terror threats against this country and the fact that they misused that authority is not going to be a clear enough red line violation in my estimation patrick to get them prosecuted is it well, why is it, it wildly unethical be. yes is it really frustrating for me absolutely but i'm i'm always going to tell you what i think is true and I don't see any of them. I don't think Comey's going to prison. I don't think any of them are going to prison. Uh, don't you think that this is um, subversion uh, or attempted subversion of the American system? Because uh, a voted-in president they want to get rid of by uh, illegal means or whatever they can do. And uh, Yeah, others have described it as a, as a soft coup. It's really a, a coup by bureaucracy, and I don't think that's a... I don't think that's an overstatement or or an unfair way to to put it. So uh, so yeah, man. I, I Patrick, I'm I, I hope on this one I'm wrong because people should go to jail over this. They should go to prison over this. But I I would not bet my money on it. I'll tell you that. Shields high, Patrick, and thank you for calling in. Speaking about the, speaking about the deep state. Oh yeah. Oh, I've got some I've got some deep state to talk to you about right now. So you will recall. Um, that there was this uh, hubbub, it's a fun word to say, about Michael Cohen and these uh, and his financial activities, right? And look, Cohen, Cohen could be in some trouble. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like Cohen it strikes me as a guy who was all, you know, spit and polish, staying within the all the lines of the law. I, I don't know. Right. We'll we'll see. He'll have his uh, his time in court if it comes to that. Uh, but people keep saying he's going to flip on Trump. And I always want to say, but he has nothing to flip on. What's he going to flip on the story with Stormy Daniels? We've already heard all about Stormy Daniels. We don't care. So where's the flip? He can't make up Russian collusion that didn't happen. I, I think that's just people that are uh, looking for something to say. Um, but uh, here's what was interesting. That somebody, and this was in the New Yorker, a piece by Ronan Farrow, he of the Weinstein 
case, uh, which, look, I give him credit for that, as, as I have before on the show. Uh, but Ronan Farrow writes this piece where you have, or let me, let me quote a little bit of it, and I'll tell you why I think this is so important. Quote, last week, several news outlets obtained financial records showing that Michael Cohen, President Trump's personal attorney, had used a shell company to receive payments from various firms with business before the Trump administration. In the days since, there has been much speculation about who leaked the confidential documents, and the Treasury Department's Inspector General has launched a probe to find the source. That source, a law, a law enforcement official, uh, a law enforcement official, pardon me, is speaking publicly for the first time to the New Yorker to explain the motivation. The official had grown alarmed after being unable to find two important reports on Cohen's financial activity in a government database. The official worried that the information was being withheld from law enforcement and so released the remaining documents. Folks, I mean, we have now officially reached the I was so sure he was guilty that I placed a gun with his fingerprints on it at the scene of the crime phase of the Russia-Trump investigation. A, a law enforcement, this has got to be somebody I'm assuming who's relatively senior, although maybe, maybe some mid-level person, but I'm thinking senior. Law enforcement person was so worried about two missing reports in a government database, for which, by the way, there could be reasons, like, if it's highly, highly sensitive, they can pull this out of the database because uh, FinCEN, which is the Treasury Department's database that deals with these things, right? That deals with fi- suspicious financial transactions, they call it. Uh, FinCEN is something that a lot of people have access to in the government. It's not a, it's not a highly, tightly, super regulated, not the way that some other government systems are, database. And so this government employee figured, hey, I have an idea. I am, quote, worried, his words, worried that these are never going to see you know, the light of day. And so, therefore, I'm going to take it upon myself to uh, abuse my power violate federal law, violate Michael Cohen's privacy. Uh, I mean, and that's just for starters. Because the public has to know about this? How can we even have a discussion at this point about whether or not there is a deep state when nobody was doing this during the Obama years? Nobody. No one was like, oh, I'm just... What this person did is illegal, folks. This is illegal. This is a law enforcement person who is trying to help take down Trump, so he leaks illegally information about Michael Cohen's... Remember, suspicious financial transaction, that doesn't mean anything. Do you know why they don't leak them? Or, sorry, why um, they compile them in the first place? It's based on... Or why they don't publicize them is what I was trying to say. It's based on a suspicion. A vast majority, there are tons of these. They make them all the time. A vast majority of them, no criminal activity, nothing wrong going on. It just seems, seems a little fishy. Seems a little fishy, that's all. It's like flagging it in the database. That's what you're doing. So you don't make those things public because it's obviously damaging to somebody. 
One, you're sharing their private information that's not supposed to be that's not supposed to be publicized. And two, you know, this is why law enforcement is not supposed to say, "Well, we had all this evidence, but we didn't bring charges." Oh, you mean like what James Comey did for Hillary Clinton? Here's all the evidence and what we found, but we're not bringing charges. No, that's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how it's supposed to work. You know what was supposed to happen with the Hillary investigation? And this is a political decision that Comey made among many political decisions. Loretta Lynch, fresh off the tarmac meeting, needed to stand in front of the American people and say, we, are, we, are, we have finished the Clinton email matter, as she says, and uh, we will be bringing no charges. Thank you. Later. And the American people would have rightly lost their mind over that. But that's what was supposed to happen. Not this Comey on the one hand, on the other. It sounds like we're going to indict, but then we don't. But then we don't have the grounds to not indict based on the information we present. No. It's not how it's supposed to go. Back to this New Yorker piece and these uh, financial transaction reports that were released. This is, a, this is symptomatic of the liberal left-wing emotionalized mind when it comes to Trump, right? This is, this is a, a symptom of Trump derangement syndrome. That you could have a government employee who, I mentioned stacking the deck before, is quite, quite literally stacking the deck, releasing information that's not supposed to be released to harm Trump and his people. That I don't think anything is really going to come of it anyway, but think of the risk this person is taking. Assuming that the FBI and the DOJ wanted to actually catch these people, which they don't seem to. I will note, they, they don't seem like they really care all that much about catching leakers because they have not done a good job of it. And I think we have to ask the question why that is. They don't have the capability. We know they catch leakers for other things. Really, really not in a position here to, not in a position to actually track this down. I find that hard to believe. But then again, there's a lot of stuff that's difficult to swallow when it comes to all this Russia-Trump collusion nonsense, isn't there? One year in, this is what we got. Still grind, still grinding along. Doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. The whole thing is a complete and utter waste of time and disgrace. And I said all along, and you know it because you listen to the show, appointing a special prosecutor was a, a terrible, terrible error. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with Giuliani on this. This whole thing should be over. Play 12. This is from last night on Fox. They should do it today, as soon as possible. Uh, I think that they have the facts from which they can write their report. If you're going to write a fair report, fine, write it. If you're going to write an unfair report, write it, and we will combat it. We're ready to rip it apart, and we're ready to rip them apart if that's what they want. We would rather peacefully settle this and get it over with. Well, I think Giuliani's going to have to put on his boxing gloves because this is going to be a fight. Mueller is not going to go out quietly on this one. This is going to be... A knockdown, drag out, all in political brawl. It's going to be political. It's really not going to be in the in the criminal realm. And then it's going to turn into a whole long discussion about impeachment. That's that's what I see happening. I could be wrong, but I tend not to be. Eight four four nine hundred two eight two five team. Eight four four nine hundred buck. The media does lie, right? We know this. You know this. But this week, one of the worst lies I've seen in a long time from the media. One of the most blatant, magnified by many outlets that just kept going with it, 
pretending like, you know, no big problem, nothing to see here. I want to tackle that and a whole lot more when we come back. Stay with me. Are you still a no on Gina Haspel's nomination, Senator? Yeah, I'm concerned on several fronts. The torture's one, but I'm also concerned about our close association with John Brennan. We've discovered that John Brennan, since he left government, is basically a very much a partisan and a hater of President Trump. Uh, Gina Haspel is known for years to be an acolyte of his. And also there are some questions now whether or not the CIA was receiving evidence or wiretapping information from the British intelligence on Trump officials in England. And I think if uh, we need to know, there are rumors also that she was over overseeing Europe at the time as the head of the CIA for Europe. So I think there are some questions we need to still ask. And I think it's actually uh, a mistake probably to approve her now if she was associated with John Brennan and anything that had to do with spying on the Trump campaign. Hmm. Interesting from Senator Rand Paul there, isn't it? I, I I'm glad that they got past the whole water. You know, she wasn't she wasn't the waterboarder, okay? And and if you're going to have somebody who actually has intelligence community uh, or specifically CIA backing, I mean, you're going to find somebody that that wasn't there, who's you know who's who's a a veteran of of decades who wasn't there. Then how can you do that? The math doesn't add up, right? So is everyone responsible who was there? Uh, that's one part of it. But then the, the stuff about Brennan. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Haspel got through. I think I did. I say that yet. <laughs> she got through the Senate. So she is the next CIA director. Uh, she will be the first female CIA director. By the way, do you think any of the uh, liberal feminist types out there are like, yay, look at this? Of course not. Right? We all we know that. Uh, no interest. They got no interest. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. They can care less. Okay. Well, now let's go to another thread that Rand Paul got on here. Rand Paul seems to be on to John Brennan in a way that I have to say is is interesting. The senator is a bit tenacious on this one, but he's pulling some threads together, drawing some, if not conclusions, at least compiling some analysis that I think deserves a little bit more of our, little more of our attention. Play clip eight, please. I'm sorry. Um, we just went through both of them? No, no. Nine. Thank you. Does receiving intelligence, does that mean you were cooperating? Did you not receive any intelligence? Because there's a story out there from the New Yorker that said the head of British intelligence flew to Washington, met with John Brennan, and presented him with what in our country would be illegally obtained information. That sounds like cooperation between the CIA and the British intelligence. We'd like to know the truth of that matter, because if John Brennan did that, I think he acted illegally and he should be punished. Hmm. I must say that more and more of the foul-smelling odor from this whole anti-Trump-Russia collusion fiasco, more and more of that funky smell is wafting in our general direction from Brennan. And then when you start to see Brennan's tweets and the things that he's saying and the way he's positioning himself, you've got a guy who hates Trump. I mean, has no no qualms about saying the nastiest things imaginable about the president. 
You know, it thinks that he's a danger to democracy. He's ruining America, blah, blah, yada, yada, all that stuff. And I do feel like it's worth asking the question. Um, do we really think that he just started feeling that way? No. I think it's fair to say that Brennan has been anti-Trump all along. And if he is as anti-Trump, if he was as anti-Trump then as he is now, what would he have been willing to do and to consider? If we take him at his word, if President Trump is in fact a danger to the republic, capable of monstrous uh, overreach on the world stage that could lead us into unwarranted war and the destruction of civil liberties here at home, if you really believe that and you are the head of the arguably still most powerful intelligence agency in the United States government. Obviously, I'm a little biased on that one. What would you do? Now, I know you don't feel that way, but start to put yourself in Brennan's shoes. Start to think more about what Brennan's view of this whole thing was as the CIA director, and by the way, close ally of Obama's. Remember, he was a White House advisor to Obama before he was CIA director. What kind of shenanigans was he willing to pull, and what kind of shenanigans did he pull we are going to have to find out a lot more about Brennan before we really get to the bottom of this there are a lot of ways people can be shady out there whether it's would-be employees vendors companies you're going to be working with companies you're thinking about acquiring don't think that everything just pops up on the internet with your first search you need somebody who actually has real expertise in risk mitigation background investigations and vetting that's where Global Verification Network comes in. They are federally certified as a veteran-owned small business. They are headquartered in Chicago. They work with startups all the way up to Fortune 100 companies. So give them a call and see what they can do for you. Their employees are located throughout the United States. None of your data is ever offshored. None of the work on your case will ever be offshored. This is a company run and owned by a veteran. This is a company that is all about discretion and getting you the best information Possible. Call 877-695-1179 or go to mygvn.com. That's mygvn.com. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now was a bad day for the media, but a good day for America. Oh, I'll give you some specifics, of course. First up this hour is going to be how much and how egregiously the media is willing to lie if they at least get some anti-Trump bashing out of it. The answer is a lot, but we'll break that down and get into its component parts. Uh, And then also, what does the media think of itself? The anti-Trump media. How do they position themselves? One of my one of my problems, for example, with CNN is that they have the same politics as anchors that agree on basically everything with all the anchors at MSNBC approach stories the same way. But they think that at CNN they're objective journalists. They think that they're just down the middle. It's almost it's almost hard to imagine how anyone could believe that but they do i think they're delusional but they do they believe that and we'll get into another example of that delusion 
involving Jimmy Kimmel, no less, who, I don't know, I feel like he was funnier when he was unbearded and heavier, you know, maybe a little nicer too. So let's get into this though. The president was having a, uh, a meeting, a forum to address the issue of uh, MS-13 and, and immigration related matters. And this is one of the mo- well, this is one of the moments that, that that happened. And I want you to listen very carefully to how this goes. Play clip two. Be an MS-13 gang member. I know about. If they don't reach a special, certain threshold, I cannot tell ICE about them. We have people coming into the country, trying to come in. We're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals, and we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. And because of the weak laws, they come in fast. We get them. We release them. We get them again. We bring them out. It's crazy. The question was about MS-13, specifically. Uh, That woman, I believe she's a sheriff or works for sheriff's office, and she's talking about MS-13, and Trump refers to animals. How many of you are going to be surprised when I tell you that pretty much every major media outlet in the country, pretty much every single one of them, I mean, when I say major, like the top five or six of them, uh, went off on how Trump called immigrants animals. Andrea Mitchell of NBC, uh, very much a heralded journalist over there sheriff margaret mims by the way was the one who asked the question andrea mitchell uh, wrote a tough takedown by california governor after donald trump calls people to try to get into the country animals not people so she goes along with the lie uh, she goes along with that the governor of california is obviously running around with the lie does anyone have any integrity in the media at all anymore i mean it's a really it's a really fair question to ask based on this you had uh, MSNBC, uh, New, York, New York Times. Oh, gosh, the New York Times. Just straight up lying on this one. And I mean lying. Not like they got it wrong. Trump, they, they wrote, Trump lashed out at undocumented immigrants during a White House meeting, calling those trying to breach the country's borders, quote, animals. You had a whole... 12, 18-hour news cycle here of Trump calls people animals for no reason. That was the news cycle. Trump calls people animals. Undocumented immigrants, specifically immigrants in general, calls them animals. Now, this is not true, right? This was a lie, but it was useful to them. It was useful to them to run with it for as long as they could. They eventually went back. They eventually started to uh, turn around and say, okay, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But how could they get something so very, very wrong that's not complicated? And why do we see once again, they make a mistake and it's an anti-Trump mistake. They never make mistakes in his favor. Folks, this is not a coincidence. It's not even just a pattern. It's pathological. They hate Trump. They see an opportunity to bash Trump, even if it means they're going to lie. 
that this is the definition of fake news. This is the definition of it. Running with a story that's not a story because it fits an agenda, it fits a narrative that they want to tell. And then they turn around and they say, oh, it's so unfair. Why does Trump, you know, why does Trump say these mean things about us? And no, no, no. He's just telling the truth. That they lie. And then it gets even, by the way, how much worse could it get, you might be asking? It gets even weirder. First of all, if we want to be really pedantic and useless, we could say, well, actually, immigrants are animals because all human beings are animals, right? We're all homo sapiens. We're all animals. Uh, so there's that. It's a stupid thing to say, I know, but if we're going to just dive into the vat of stupidity, might as well put it out there. John Harwood. Another one of these guys who's like, I'm a journalist, looks like a journalist, so thinks he's a journalist, but really is pretending to be a journalist. Uh, He writes, quote, however repugnant their actions, MS-13 gang members are human beings, in my humble opinion. Thanks, John. We're aware of that, okay? But we're also aware of the fact that MS-13 is a group that has, as I've told you here on the show, satanic roots is uh, proud of itself for its extreme and grotesque and gruesome violence. It's rapes and mutilations and murders of young girls. Uh, It's use of machetes as a tool for torture as well as murder. I mean, it's a really, really terrible organization, and there are some very, very evil people in it. Yeah, everyone still, you know, Hitler was still a human being, right? I mean, we could do that. We could play this game all day, but I don't think anyone really needs to stick up for Hitler, right? We can all agree on that. Nancy Pelosi, though, decided that uh, you know, you know what I see here. Given the media was lo- wrong, media was lying, but you know what Pelosi saw an opportunity to show who she's willing to stand up for. The Democrats have done a bang up job this week. They get very agitated when you say mean things about Hamas terrorists and MS-13 murderers. Then Democrats have got all kinds of problems. How dare you, sir? Can't, can't say mean things about them. Let's play. Do we have, the, we have the Pelosi clip, right, where she decides to, to lecture us all on this. Play it. These aren't people. These are animals. You have to wonder, does he not believe in the spark of divinity? the dignity and worth of every person. These are not people. These are animals. The President of the United States. Every day that you think you've seen it all, along comes another manifestation of why their policies are so inhumane and why we have to continue the debate, striving for bipartisanship with openness about what is, what is at stake and what the choices are and to be unifying in every way possible. Calling people animals is not a good thing. Like, we really need a moral lecture from Nancy Pelosi. Or or her... I didn't even think she believed it as she was saying it. Trying to be bipartisan when, when we can. I mean, I don't even believe Pelosi believes what she just said. But on top of that, here you have a somebody who considers herself a Catholic who is for abortion all nine months of a pregnancy. Month nine, go for it. No reason, any reason. Go for it. That's Nancy Pelosi's view. 
She wants to talk about the, the spark of divinity and basic humanity. Please. I, I'm, I'm actually going to be sick. But I, I just can't imagine. She's standing up for MS-13 gangsters here. That's right, MS-13 gangsters. They're human beings, too. Yeah, we know they're human beings, but they're pretty terrible. They're pretty terrible. And this would be like saying, yeah, we gotta, we got to take, take care of that ISIS scum that's you know, engaged in mass rape and, and slavery and murder in Iraq and Syria. And so it goes, excuse me, sir, ISIS are people, too. Okay, run with that one, Democrats. Have fun with that in the midterms. Democrats, we think that Hamas terrorists and MS-13 hitmen have rights, too. Good job. Good job with that. See, see how far that one gets you. It was, an ama- it was an amazing day today with the media. I mean, I was... I expect very little from them, but even under the circumstances, I had to look at this and say to myself, wow, wow, um, they are truly appalling on this issue. And how do you have audio of something and you get it so wrong? The answer is, by the way, it's, it's the, um, the way that it works with, with, with Twitter, which journalists are all obsessed with. I'm on Twitter too. Everyone's, all the journalists are on Twitter all the time. When you tweet out something that sounds really woke, that's really hardcore, that's really, you know, a sick burn in the political space, and it gets 10,000 retweets, a lot, right? Maybe 30,000, which is a ton. And then you tweet out the uh, retraction of it, because it's fake. It's fake news. Journalists have done this many times. It gets 20 retweets, maybe 100, maybe 50. Not only is the record not particularly corrected, but there's actually an incentive to it because all the people that saw that initial tweet, that exposure that the person got for the fake news, that doesn't go away. And their side doesn't care. As long as it's anti-Trump, you are forgiven for it. In fact, it benefits you. And that's why they can run these kinds of stories where they lie about what the president said. Sold a lot of papers, got a lot of clicks. Okay, turns out they were... They were using it as just an attack against Trump. But you know what? Any attack against Trump is good. This is the essence of Trump derangement syndrome. And it's why his label of fake news is so very, very accurate and necessary, in fact, I would say. Uh, and, and let's uh, let's keep it going here. I want to talk to you about Acosta, who was on Kimmel last night. I want to talk about the media and fake news. Let's see what he has to say for himself about the way he covers this White House. Folks, I'm telling you, when you hear some of this, you're going to say, no way. No way this guy is really that full of it. It's just, it cannot be the, oh, oh, get ready for it. I'll be right back. Nine Line Apparel is a phenomenal clothing brand known for their patriotic designs. It's also a give-back organization. Nine Line supports our nation's veterans and first responders through the Nine Line Foundation and other nonprofit initiatives. The founder and CEOs in the special operations community, many of the 150 employees are veterans and veteran spouses. I've been to the Nine Line factory. It's like one big family, and they are just spreading freedom coast to coast with incredible designs, great quality. You will love it. Go check them out. Visit NineLineApparel.com. And use the coupon code BUCK20 to save 20% off your next order. That's 9lineapparel.com. 
coupon code BUCK20 will get you 20% off. You are going to be all about wearing their T-shirts, hoodies, and the rest of the gear they've got at NineLineApparel.com. What did the president mean when he said that some immigrants are not people, they're animals? Uh, The president was very clearly referring to MS-13 gang members who enter the country illegally and whose deportations are hamstrung by our laws. Uh, This is one of the most vicious and deadly gangs that operates by the motto of rape, control, and kill. If the media and liberals want to defend MS-13, they're more than welcome to. Uh, Frankly, I don't think the term that the president used was strong enough. MS-13 has done heinous acts. it took an animal to stab a man a hundred times and decapitate him and rip his heart out. It took an animal to beat a woman they were sex trafficking with a bat 28 times, indenting part of her body. And it took an animal to kidnap, drug, and rape a 14-year-old Houston girl. Frankly, I think that the term animal doesn't go far enough, and I think that the president should continue to use his platform and everything he can do under the law to stop these types of horrible, horrible, disgusting people. That was a, a buck slap, or dare I say, a huck slap for the ages. That was just a complete and utter smackdown, and, and a well-deserved one by uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There you go. Just laying it down, laying down the hate against the smug reporters. I love it. By the way, Trump doubled down on this as well. Play 14. MS-13, these are animals. They're coming into our country. We're getting them out. They come in again. We're getting them out. We need strong immigration laws. We have the weakest laws in the entire world. We have laws that are laughed at on immigration. So when the MS-13 comes in, when the other gang members come into our country, I refer to them as animals. And guess what? I always will. Who thinks that Trump has a better message on this than the Democrats? By the way, who, I, I'm going to ask for a show of hands, even though I can't see you all across the country, but I feel like I'm seeing... Lots and lots and lots of hands going up. I think Trump's got this one. Amazing that the Trump, I've always said Trump is a great clarifier in the political debate because he is so radioactive, so hated by the left that you will see the left for what they really are. They will expose themselves in ways that they usually don't because they can't help it because it's, it's really a compulsion. I mean, Trump derangement syndrome is, as I've said, pathological. It's, it's beyond their, ability to reason through and and to be rational on uh, ms-13 is not something that democrats should be out there in any way shape or form saying well you know maybe they're not that bad maybe ms-13 they got you know they got moms too thanks democrats we get it we know they got moms too but uh it's also a scourge a plague on this country and we should do everything in our, our government should do everything in its power law enforcement to crack down on them, and yeah, to deport them, by the way, as well. Um, one more thing I thought, he, since uh, Sarah Sanders was still so fired up, I wanted to also just, this is on Russia collusion, but she was in Fuego today, play 17. 
This morning, the president uh, marked the one-year anniversary of the Mueller investigation, saying it's disgusting, illegal, unwarranted, and a witch hunt. But his own FBI director yesterday said it's not a witch hunt. Um, does the president, uh, why does the White House still believe it's a witch hunt? The president knows that there was no collusion in the campaign, uh, and he has been quite clear about this. It's gone on for over a year. They found no evidence of collusion and still strongly believe that it's a witch hunt. I, I'm not sure um, how we could be any more clear and certainly not sure how the president could be any more clear about his beliefs and his opinion. Why does the president think it's a witch hunt? I and mean, what kind of a dumb question is that? Yeah? It's like, why is the president... Stupid question. <laughs> Thank you, John. Exactly. Why is the president a Republican, not a Democrat? It's like, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of five-year-olds in there with, with pens and little notepads looking all reportery. Come on. Oh, why, why does the president think it's a witch hunt? Because it is. It is a witch hunt. I, I still wish there was a way. I'm not really into gambling. A little bit of investing, not gambling. But I wish there was a way I could just put, you know, and it would be me and, and, and we could pub- make it public, right? And all the different CNN anchors and stuff. Who thinks at the end of this there's going to be charges against President Trump? And who thinks that there's going to be nothing? Because I would put every free penny I've got on that there's not going to be any charges against Trump at the end of this. And... All of us who have said that this was a deep state soft coup all along are going to be proven absolutely even more correct than we already are. Prove me wrong. Exactly. What was that from, by the way? Who was that guy? That was great. Was that, that was that Mike Quigley from a few weeks ago. Yeah, Mike Quigley. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I remember that. That was good. Good drop. You guys, look at Control Room is uh, really on, on the game today. Well done. Well done, team. Oh, my gosh. Acosta. Oh, yeah. We got some Acosta time coming up. But before I get into that, I want to let you know that there is a... We're going to really really dive deep into it, folks. A traffic stop. Very similar-ish situation to the one also in New Jersey, by the way. What's going on with... What's going on with, like, low-level bureaucrats in New Jersey being like, Hey, copper, I own you, cop, all right? I don't want to hear about your nonsense. No pulling me over. It's like, wait, what? It's not how you speak to law enforcement. It's a bad idea. Very, very bad. We got a great dash cam video to talk about, and uh, oh my gosh, you're gonna love it! Uh, but first up, Acosta. That's that's next. So Acosta was on Jim Acosta, who's the chief White House correspondent for CNN. A guy who thinks he can tweet about how Trump is an evil, mean ogre at 10 a.m. and be treated like a, a nonpartisan, down-the-middle journalist at 2 p.m. the same day. Uh, he's on Jimmy Kimmel. You know, not, I don't see a lot of conservatives getting the invite, you know, conservative media folks getting the invite on Jimmy Kimmel. What a surprise. The advantage of CNN is it's part of the establishment. It's really a, 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 a uh, coveted elite um, elitist media organ. I spent a lot of time there, as you know, so I can speak to it with some uh, some specificity. Uh, but Acosta was on, and, and he just said some stuff last night that I, I can't I can't let it go. Can't let it go. Like, as in I will let it go after we talk about it here on air, but it's too crazy, too offensive, too full of lies to just, you know, give it a pass. So here's what he said. Um, first of all, he dared Trump 
to have a sit-down with him. Play that. Play three. Will there ever be a scenario where you get to interview the president one-on-one? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't want to blow up the world. Why? You think he's scared to sit down with you um, one-on-one? If I were to sit down with the president, do an interview, I'd ask him the, the questions of the day. Do you dare uh, the president to sit down I, and do an interview with you? I dare him to sit down for an interview with you. <laughs> and, you know, listen, I, you know, it's not as if we're going to go in there, you know, kamikaze, you know, uh, ramming speed. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we would do what we always do, which is do the news. Do the news. <laughs> yeah. That's one way of saying it. Uh, they, they, but do you see what I mean? I'm not making it up when I say they think that they're objective. They think that they just make all these anti-Trump mistakes because, you know, mistakes happen. They really believe they're BS, I think. Or, or they're just the most uh, insane liars imaginable. I don't know. I can make the case either way. But this was my single favorite line about it. Because I know that this is a mantra all throughout CNN and the mainstream media in general. This was my favorite line, though. Play clip four. Are you their least favorite of all? Probably. Yeah. But, you know, as FDR once said, I welcome their hatred. You uh, do. I do. And, you know, listen, when I covered Barack Obama, I was just as tough on him. People might not believe you that. You were. They didn't like you either. They You're didn't like me either. universally disliked. I am. Everywhere yes. you go. Just as tough. CNN's chief White House correspondent says, just as tough on Barack Obama as, as he is on uh, Donald Trump. How does an adult in the media say that on TV with a straight face? I don't... I mean, really? Do you remember him shouting at President Obama when President Obama wasn't taking questions? Was it like the Easter egg roll or something where Acosta basically, like, you know, jumped out of a tree, ambushed the president, like, ah, you know, just got to ask him questions? How could he say something like... It's just... It's like, dude, do you want us to take you seriously or not? I I guess the answer is no, but wow, it's pretty astonishing. Um, Maybe they just have to stick to that line. They stick to that storyline because it's part of the narrative of the mainstream media. They believe they derive some power or some uh, greater authenticity. I I don't know. They have a greater gravitas. That's really the word I was looking for. Because they cling to the fiction that they are nonpartisan? I think, yeah, that's, that is what they do. That is how they, they get down with all this stuff. Uh, oh, we got a little more, too. You know, they, they also like to pretend that they're having such a terrible time because of the Trump administration. Now, CNN's ratings, I think, are down 20 or 30%. So it's not good for business, but they'll weather the storm. CNN's a legacy institution. That's the thing. You could put uh, you could put an, a, a seventh grader in charge of CNN, and it would basically still make money because they're in a hundred million homes. They've got CNN International, and as long as there's you're putting something on TV, some people are going to watch. So it's not hard, not a tough, not a tough job really. Uh, but they like to pretend though these some of these big journalists, the folks like uh, uh, not Kimmel, uh, Acosta, and others. Although Kimmel sometimes. Puts on the journalist hat, you know? Sometimes it's honk honk. I'm just a clown. No, no one needs to take me seriously. And then it's, well, I have serious policy. You know, I'm a, I'm a person too, and I'm a citizen and taxpayer, and I, blah, blah. but what you just said was dumb. Honk honk. I'm a clown. You know, this is what John Stewart used to do. John Stewart really perfected this. This was, this was the whole act was, haha, joke, 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 policy, 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 policy. 
Somebody would say, well, hold on a second. That's not true. Oh, wait, honk, honk, honk. I'm making jokes over here. Just a comedian, honk, honk. It's not really fair or ethical, is it, right? It's not honorable. Better, It's not really about ethics. It's more about honor. It's just not honorable. You either have beliefs and ideas and you'll stand up for them or you don't. Don't don't play the, well, now I'm a comedian. Well, now I have, I'm an activist. Well, now I'm a comedian. Well, now I'm an activist. And don't pretend to be martyrs either, which is what it costs to do. And play 22. Are you the only reporter who's ever been kicked out of a, a press situation by the president of the United States? I, I think so. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I wear it as a badge of honor. You, you know, should I, wear it as a badge I'm of honor. I'm hated by the best people or the worst people. Hated by the best people. Yep. I'm sure he was hated by the Obama people. I'm sure when he was at the White House Correspondents' Dinners every year on the Obama administration, it was all, oh, gosh. Uh, it, there's so much hostility in the room. You know, guys, what is it with these folks? I, they just can't see what everyone else sees. Are they just are, are they liars or are they delusional? Are they both? I start to run out of ways to try and rationalize their conduct and and the way that they go about doing what they do. I mean, here we are. We got on one end, you got Acosta representing CNN over there on a within a 24-hour news cycle of, or the same 24-hour news cycle, as the stories that Trump would call people animals. And let's just take a step back for a second. Who really would believe that Trump would, would call immigrants animals in general? Does somebody believe this? You know, yeah, John just said Democrats to me, and he's right. They, they think that, that Trump thinks that immigrants are animals. That's so weird, because Trump's wife is an immigrant. So, I mean, you know, are we allowed to start to, to, to put this notion to the test? See, that's what I mean. These news outlets aren't stupid. They're not full of people that don't have functioning cortexes, right? It's not that the synapses in the, in the, in the brain cells and the neurons in the brain aren't firing properly or something. They just, they're on a mission. And they see opportunity. They see agenda. Because it's not a reasonable, not a reasonable mistake to make to think that the president of the United States believes that immigrants are animals. That's not reasonable. No one would think that. N- never mind. Hey, maybe we should go to the president and actually clarify this. Oh, I know, team. It gets frustrates me. Uh, we'll talk a bit about uh, maybe the, the Haspel nomination, the CIA Haspel nomination. I thought that was interesting, and uh, coming up here in a moment. And then I'm telling you this. This car stop we're going to discuss is going to be great. It's going to have, it's got quite a payoff at the end too. It's got quite a little surprise in store for you. Uh, and and then we got more video apparently of that guy that yelled at all the people, the uh, Hispanic workers in the Midtown restaurant. So I know Midtown Manhattan very well. I, I probably have been in this restaurant. I'm trying to think. It's like more like a deli kind of restaurant situation. Oh, and, and uh, speaking of like, do I just believe that this would happen? Or is there something we're missing? A story about alleged racism at Starbucks. What really happened? Uh, what's the, what are the details? I will give you that and much more. Don't forget, my friends, facebook.com slash bucksexon with your comments or official team buck at gmail.com. If you want to send that in, we're going to have a very fun roll call at the end of the show today, as we always do. So with that, my friends, stay right there. I'll be back.
Can I just take a moment of your time, Team Buck, to uh, focus us in on a story that has gotten, it's gotten coverage. It's gotten coverage. The bare minimum of coverage, though, to avoid the accusations of obvious political bias in the news cycle, right? I'm talking about this uh, armed resources officer at an Illinois school who stopped a teenager with a gun. This happened yesterday morning. And the police chief has said the officer saved countless lives. Here's the, uh, here, look, I, I'm not saying it's not being reported on anywhere, and we got to be careful with that. On the right, sometimes we go, no one's reporting on, no, no, no. It's being minimally reported on. Right? They have to put it somewhere, but they don't want to make a big narrative of it. They don't want to make this a story people are talking about. They want to make it a breeze-through story that you read and you forget because it doesn't fit the overall narrative of what they want. But here's what ABC reports. When the 19-year-old suspect fired uh, several shots near a gym at Dixon High School, the school resource officer reported the incident to authorities and then confronted the gunman. When confronted, the suspect, a former student at Dixon High School, started running away and the officer pursued him. The suspect uh, shot several rounds at the officer and the officer returned fire, hitting the gunman. Suspect was taken into custody with what are believed to be non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, he was identified as Matthew Milby. So this is a, this is a school shooting. Okay, we have had so much talk about school shooting in recent months. Here we have a school shooting that, sure enough, was was stopped by a good guy with a gun. And we, we've had so many people that ran the you know after the Parkland school shooting. They had all these stories about. And by the way, can we just also give some, give a, a, a high five, uh, give some, uh, give some props, so to speak, uh, to the officer here who managed to save all these lives. Um, I, I think that that's something that you know we should spend a little more time on in this country than just moving right, moving right on to the uh, the next. You know, you know what's fascinating, by the way, as I'm telling you this? Uh, they don't put the name of the armed resources officer uh, until the very bottom of this piece. I just think that's fascinating. This ABC News, folks. Uh, Illinois Governor Rauner identified the officer as Mark Dallas. Uh, why is this... I mean, may, maybe they're trying to just keep you in the piece to the bottom, but it starts out talking about the hero, uh, heroic resource officer. And why is heroic? I mean, I'm really trying to pull apart this coverage. This is a you know big story, ABC News, big website. Still, people think ABC is like a thing that they should pay attention to. And heroic is in quotes. Can't we just say he's heroic? Isn't, isn't, that, a, isn't that a fair journalistic? The guy stops a mass shooting in progress. No lives lost because the officer showed up. And by the way, can we also just get to, you know, I, I was very frustrated with some of the some of the comments I was hearing. And look, I, I'll take frustrating comments here on the show from folks listening. But how in Parkland, you know, down in Florida with that terrible shooting, the officers outside, you know, oh, you don't know, man, you wouldn't, you know, it's until you're on the X yourself, you can't. Uh, I'm sorry. You're a, tra- you're a trained officer, you're armed, and there's some kid who's shooting a gun off somewhere, you got to confront. 
our expectation has to be that that person will fulfill his or her obligation to confront the threat because lives depend on it. It's not, oh, you know, sometimes people get, people get, you know, cowardly and stuff happens. Anyway, this officer, uh, Officer Mark Dallas, uh, saved a whole lot of lives. And it's just amazing that this, this is, is skipped right over, you know? It's skipped right over. You still, you still have people running. Uh, and I know he's been eviscerated on TV recently, but this uh, congressman who's running blank, start it with the F, you know, the F word, the NRA, he's shouting that in ads because he thinks that's going to be successful for him as, as a congressman trying to win an election. That's how toxic the narrative around guns has become. Here we have in Illinois a mass shooting averted by a good guy with a gun, and you just don't hear much about it at all. You really don't. Uh, it, it gets passed over so very quickly. And I thought it was all about solutions. You know, David Hogg and all these, uh, the, the, you know, the Parkland kids who are going around talking about policies to make kids safer. Well, well, apparently school resource officers can make kids safer, can save lives, and are a worthwhile uh, expenditure in, in school, in certain school districts. Maybe in all school districts. I mean, it depends on how we... Uh, oh, we, we have the, uh, yeah, here, here's this congressman, by the way, saying um, blank the NRA. Play it. the NRA. Their pro-gun policies have resulted in dead children, dead mothers, and dead fathers. I'm Pat Davis, and I approve this message, because if Congress won't change our gun laws, we're changing Congress. Oh, what a clown. I mean, what is wrong with this guy? But, you know, that stuff actually works with liberals. I say this all the time. Whenever we get in this big gun debate in the country, which happens after every mass shooting, because the left, guns are a proxy for for the broader political ideology of left and right in this country. I keep saying it. And the nastiness, the antipathy, the hatred that you see from the gun-grabbing, anti-Second Amendment left is really about how much they despise the pro-Second Amendment right in general. They don't hate gun ownership. They actually despise, in general terms, I'm not saying everyone, but they, in general terms, they despise gun owners who are overwhelmingly Christian, conservative, traditional, white. You go through all, you know, overwhelmingly Second Amendment proponents. That's not to say everyone or all, but... They don't like the rural, right? I mean, they don't like those people. They're the wrong kind of people to liberals. And I think that's what often gets left out of the discussion. Anyway, we've got a huge third hour coming up, team. Uh, we're going to talk about a police pullover, right? A, a, a police stop situation, traffic stop situation, police stop. Gosh, Buck, get it together. That's almost as... No, it's it's not. Eh, I don't know. You have to tell me if you think it's as good as the woman who's like, I'm a commissioner. Like, I'm going to have your badge, jerk. And the guy's like, uh, I'm not even doing it. What is your problem? You weren't even here. You weren't even pulled over. It's not quite as good. as. Actually, I don't know. John, what do you think? Is this which is the better traffic stop in terms of entertainment value? I'll, OK, so you're with me. It's it's definitely the uh, the first. Oh, well, we'll see. It's a very good traffic stop. We also have a a possible racial incident at Starbucks to analyze together and 
That guy who freaked out at a bunch of Latino people in Midtown Manhattan, there's another video of him. Got that and more coming up, third hour. It's going to be epic. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Welcome, everybody, to Hour 3 of the Buck Sexton Show. I've got a great one for you, folks. I don't know what it is. I feel like people should learn the lesson after a while that we now live in an era, in a time where a lot of what you do is being recorded, where a lot of activity that occurs in the public sphere is going to be under a form of surveillance. It can be retrieved. And in the in the era of dash cams with police cars, as well as I see these now on Ubers, people are just putting video cameras on their cars because they want a record for accident purposes, for safety purposes. But what is it with folks thinking that when you get pulled over by a cop and you're and the cop is wearing a body cam and there's a dash cam uh, that, you know, you, you should try to throw your weight around and be a jerk. I don't know what to say. So this is from last month and it, it just came out uh today so it's just been posted but you had a a south orange maplewood school board member oh that's gonna send people running for cover not a school board member please please don't be mad at me school board member don't take away all my protractors uh so this woman is caught on on camera here she's pulled over the officer is and look Good for the cops. They know that they've got backup now in the sense that they've got an actual record of what goes on. So just think of how many times 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, the person pulled over could say the officer was uh, being rude, aggressive, racist even. And now this officer knows just be completely polite, be completely professional. The facts are on your side. So this, this woman is pulled over. Uh, Stephanie Lawson Muhammad, and it's just a basic speeding ticket. The whole thing, start to finish, is about four minutes, okay? But here's how she starts off with this. Play it. And I just let her out to walk to school. I, my name's Stephanie Lawson Muhammad. I'm on the school board. I'm a community member of this town. I'm sorry if I was speeding. Yes, you were speeding. That's why I'm stopping you. I didn't you. realize that I was speeding. You're doing 37 and a 25. I'm very sorry. Okay, do you have your driver's registration or insurance, ma'am? I have it all. Okay. Really, can, can she get out and walk? Sure, that's, 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 that's no problem. Now I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hate the my other daughter has to get to school and she's going to be late. Okay, ma'am, I'll just try to get you out of here as quickly as I can, okay? And I'm scared of cops man do you want me to call you an ambulance no i don't want you to call me an ambulance okay that's an insult okay i'm just i'm just wondering you look like you might be having a panic attack or some anxiety okay no problem i want you to call do you have your driver's registration insurance ma'am that was an insult okay (laughs) no it's amazing isn't it 
Notice how she goes from, I'm afraid of police officers. By the way, I don't know if you caught it. She says, I'm afraid of police officers because they hurt black people. Um, so oh, she, she clearly has got a problem with cops. But notice how she goes from terrified sound, oh, I'm afraid of, to, oh, how dare you, sir? How, he's like, you want me to get you an ambulance? You look like you're freaking out. And, and she is. And then she just, she curses at him. You know, everything about this is wrong. Oh, by the way, it's going to get a lot worse. Oh, don't think, don't think this is it, team. Oh, my gosh. You think I would play just that for you? Ooh, it's going to get so much, so much more uh, entertaining. But she's pulled over, what, 37 to 25? It's a local, you know, municipal cop. He's pulling her over. If she's cool, if she's respectful, I can just tell you, there's like a 50-50 shot that she was going to get a warning here. But the mo- and I don't even think that the the like freaking out thing would necessarily negate her possibility of getting out with just a warning. But the moment she's like, "Oh, how dare you!" and starts cursing, I'm like, "Ah, oh, okay." See, I I, I speak not, not fluently, but I speak cop at some level, having worked with police officers uh, professionally and, and also having a cop in my family. And any hope of uh, Getting uh, getting off easy with this one goes away the moment you're a jerk to the cop. Oh, but not only is she a jerk, then she decides it's time to order around the officer like he's the help, like he's her butler. I'm sorry you have to walk. Can you call Justice and tell her that she's going to be late to park? Can you call the middle school and let them know that my daughter no, is late to park? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's I'm sorry, did, did, the, did the patrol officer ever give off the vibe that he was this woman's secretary? Because she seems to think that because she's on the school board, this police officer is her secretary. Uh, can, can you call the middle school? <laughs> like He's like, no, I cannot. <laughs> it's, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, but it gets worse. Because then she decides after uh, being rude to the officer and then ordering around the officer... She's going to implicitly threaten the officer, make him concerned for his job, she thinks. Are you Maplewood Cop? No, ma'am. South Orange. South Orange? Great. I'm yes, ma'am. I'll shoot right now. Too. Okay. Ma'am, this is expired. Do you have the new one? I don't see the new one. Okay. I'm, I'm freaked out right now. Okay. Just a tie for me, okay? Now, you may be wondering, who's Sheena? She just throws that in there. Oh, well, as if being a school board member is not enough. Sheena is a reference to South Orange Village President Sheena Column, basically the mayor. So this woman is pulled over for a minor traffic infraction, and she's like, yeah, I'm just going to call the mayor on you to the cop. And he's just like, uh, okay, lady, whatever. I just can't help but think, if you're going to try to throw your weight around with a cop, you got to actually have weight to throw around, and you better be damn sure it's enough. Because I know that I've I've literally been told this by cop friends of mine and guys I used to work with that there is nothing cops hate more than someone pushing them around when they're in the wrong just because they think they can make the cops, you know, jump to attention when they say so. Uh-uh. That's a good way to get yourself, oh, not just a speeding ticket, but a summons on top of it. Oh, but we're not done here. She decides then to just go all in. She's already, let's go through the list, claimed to be terrified of the cop, ordered the cop around like he works for her, cursed at the cop, threatened the cop's job, and I think you all know what's coming, going to basically call the cop and the whole department racist. 
Maybe you could put to my Okay, you could just put that back in the car, ma'am. <laughs> I saw when you were hanging out the window. You didn't need to keep your arm well, out the window. I wanted you to know that I had okay. my driver's license. Okay. Are you are you sure you're okay to drive, ma'am? I'm okay to drive. My child is at home and she has park today. And okay. I need to get her to school. Okay, well, I'll, I'll get this done as quick as possible, okay, ma'am? Here's your driver's license and the uh, expired registration card. Excuse me, the, registra uh, the registration and the insurance card, okay? Ma'am, I wrote you a summons for the speed. I also issued one for failing to have a uh, valid insurance card in your possession, okay? What you're going to do with that summons is a mandatory court appearance because what they're going to need to do is make sure that you had insurance on the date and time that you were stopped. Okay, the only thing they're going to do is just check... Don't have my head. I can send you your insurance card. He will send the insurance The ticket's already written, ma'am. So what you can do is... That doesn't make any sense. Okay. my husband is telling you right now because for me to have to go to court, for me to have to go to court, now you want me to go to court? I don't want to go to court. I have insurance. He can text you a picture of it right now. Okay, ma'am, the ticket's already written. I can't void a summons once it's already written. I'll call Sheena. That's and fine. You're more than welcome to do that, ma'am. Skinhead cop, too. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha! She went there. Oh, she went there. I'm not just gonna call the town mayor. I'm gonna call your skinhead police chief too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean. Oh yeah, because the, the police chief is a is a neo-Nazi. Uh, this is based on nothing, but here you here you have it. Um, threatening the officer's job, calling the police chief, uh, and you know your skinhead police chief. I think the implication she's making there is pretty clear. Uh, by the way, the officer here is white. The woman pulled over is an African American female. Uh, so she just decides to throw that out there. Too. Oh man, I just—he's like, so you're getting—you're gonna have to go to court now. I'm gonna get you for the—you know—the summons. I've already written it. I mean, the officer has done everything by the book, but oh, he's throwing the book at her under the circumstances, as he's completely within his rights to do. But that's what happens when you act like a jerk. Uh, and I just—I can't imagine that people don't seem to understand. You can't act this way when it's—I mean, in general, it's a bad thing to do. But when you're on video. The officer knows he's 100% in the right. By the way, now there have already been calls from that township for this woman to resign from the school board. Of course, as she should. Uh, but, you know, when are people going to learn? When are people... Could you call my daughter's middle school? By the way, the whole thing was about how her daughter was going to be late to middle school. The whole stop took four... I played almost all of the audio for you. The stop took less than four minutes. Well, what kind of middle are they doing brain surgery in the middle middle school are there, are there lives at stake in the middle school if the daughter's two minutes late it's just crazy people need to learn though don't flash your patrolman's benevolence card don't say i know a guy on the force be polite be respectful and you may get the benefit of the doubt whether your beloved pooch is a chihuahua or a bull mastiff Digging can happen, folks. You know this. Your dog can decide that it's time to get out from his or her enclosure by just digging a little tunnel right underneath it. And once they're outside, they could run away. You might have to spend hours, maybe days, trying to find them. Plus, it's dangerous. Oh, by the way, predators can also dig under the fence to get in. Foxes, raccoons. You don't want them anywhere near your canine companion. That's why you need Dig Defense. It's a genius product. It solves the problem that pet owners have of digging. All it does is extend the protection of your fence underground. It's so easy. 
No amount of digging is going to let your pets out of the yard. You can install it with a hammer and a pair of gloves. Dig Defense is available online at Lowe's, Menards, Wayfair, and StopTheDig.com. That's StopTheDig.com for Dig Defense. Starbucks is back in the news, and uh, not not for good reasons. Remember, we had, we had a couple of incidents of uh, claims of bias as a result of two, uh, well, actually it was three, but two incidents, three different uh, black men wanting to use the restroom, if I recall, or, or no, one case they used the restroom, another case they just wanted to hang out, and, and they weren't paying customers, I think, I forget. Yeah, one wasn't given the code, one... Anyway, there's problems with bathroom access and racism. And now they've got a couple weeks before Starbucks, which is the second largest, as I said to you earlier this week, second largest in terms of number of locations, uh, fast food. I guess we call it fast food, right? Fast. Food. You know, they got rid of their only gluten-free sandwich. They had a gluten-free like McMuffin kind of thing. And they just got they just announced they're getting rid of it. What is the world? What are us gluten-free people supposed to do now? It's just not right. I'm just going to have to drink more coffee, I guess. Except I drink Black Rifle coffee, son, not Starbucks. Boom. Anyway, two weeks ahead of their uh, nationwide racial bias training, Starbucks has got another problem. Uh, This was in uh, Los Angeles. And a Latino man named Peter received a coffee drink you know this you know how this goes right guys they ask you for your name they write it on because otherwise it's like who's latte everyone's like my latte like everyone wants the latte right you need to there needs to be order right we're we're not barbarians we have to wait for our mocha frap soy thing that we're drinking i'm just saying and look i i, I cast no aspersions because i feel like lately i'm losing the dad bod fight but the some of those drinks have like 600 calories in them which i'm just Bacon, steak, hamburgers, French fries. There's just better things, to, in my opinion, to spend calories on. But, you know, to each, to each his own, right? To each his own. Uh, these things affect people in different ways, too. Anyway, they, they, they write your name on the, on, your, on the cup. I always say James, just so you know, because whenever I say Buck, it's like Bob, Barf, Bat. I mean, they, the name is never, they never get Buck, ever. That does not work. So I just say James because that's a pretty easy one. And and if they get it just J or, you know, you know, Hamas or something, you know, Seamus, whatever, then then it's close enough. But a Latino man named Peter received a drink in Los Angeles that was labeled Beaner. Quote Beaner. That's what it said. Now, as you know, Beaner is a derogatory term for people of Latino descent. And so this is causing quite a stir. Los Angeles has a a very uh, large Lat- Latino population. Uh, you know, you know all this, right? Okay, just ground rules before I, I push a little deeper in this discussion. Nobody should ever be called a racial epithet, period. And they certainly shouldn't be called any kind of racial epithet when they are trying to be a patron of any establishment in this country. Okay, so just to clarify that before I go to the next step in this conversation, which is 
Starbucks has already obviously apologized. The management's apologized. Everyone's apologizing. I, I just want to know, who was the barista in this environment right now who would do such a thing? It seems such, It seems so stupid, especially now, given that it's two weeks from the diversity training workshops for all Starbucks employees across the country. It is literally not possible that, or, or not feasible that an employee, whoever the employee was who wrote, quote, Beaner on that cup didn't know about the upcoming diversity workshops and all this other stuff. I, it's just, it's not possible, okay? So with that in mind, is this person just a, a, an idiot and a bigot? Possibly, right? Meaning that that is the, the only reason that this happened. The person's so bigoted, so nasty that he or she decided to, I, I don't know, write an epithet. Of course, going to get fired, lose the job. If, if it goes viral on social media, we'll get to the, by the way, in a few minutes, we'll get to the guy who called out Latinos in the restaurant who went viral. That's not the first time he's kind of done something like that. It's crazy. So anyway, um, but so what about the other, can I just posit the possibility here um, that, you know, look, the Starbucks staff is very diverse. I would like to know. Because it was said nowhere in this uh, article from the CBS affiliate in Los Angeles. I'd like to know, was the person who wrote the name a minority? Now, that isn't an excuse, but I, I just feel like some background would be useful. Is the person who wrote the name, because this is the case at some Starbucks locations. There are many of them right here in D.C. where I'm broadcasting. We have many, many Starbuckses in the swamp. Is it just... Hear me out. Is it possible that perhaps the person writing the name uh, is maybe doesn't even speak English as a first language, maybe doesn't have a particularly good command of the English language, and and doesn't know enough about the English language to understand that to write Beaner on a cup is racist? I'm I'm just asking that because it's so obviously dumb, so clearly going to get you fired and so wrong that is it possible here? here, Here's why I'm thinking in this way. I just so what I'm saying is, is it possible this was just a really nasty accident? Because people say, oh, Buck, no, of course not. Oh, you're trying to excuse racism. I'm just I can't fathom. I literally can't process anybody would be so stupid as to write that. And I just remember the guy who wrote for ESPN. Remember this quote? chink in the armor uh and and it was in reference to the incredible rise the incredible run of an asian american basketball player and it was so so clearly a self-defeating and self-destructive for him to write this that it had to be just like a, a brain lapse that the guy had he said he almost threw up when he realized what happened he got fired and everything else is it possible that that happened here i'm just so this is not to excuse it. This is not to say it's okay, but it should, wh- is it maybe an accident? Because we know nothing about the person who wrote it. It's wildly stupid for them to do it. And I'm just noticing that everyone's apologizing and moving on past it very quickly without telling us anything about the person who wrote it. So I'm just, I'm just trying to do a little second order, you know, second layer analysis here. But we have another guy being racist in just a second. We'll talk about him. Stay with me.
He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Where country you from? Who are you? I'm going to call the police. You don't run into people. I'm a citizen here. You're not. You're an ugly foreigner, so you. I don't know this guy at all. I don't know this guy at all. Don't worry, dude. I'm, I've got you on video. Now that walk on the wrong side of the street. This guy literally just ran into me and is going crazy. I thought he was a friend of yours. All right, so so that something something weird is going on here. That was video from a while ago. Um, that has resurfaced. So that was from YouTube. That is purportedly. I don't know how this is even possible, folks. That's purportedly the same dude who just went on that crazy, like, I'm going to call ice on you and, and all that other stuff. Um, It's supposed to be the same guy. I don't know how this is possible. So, yeah, I mean, it's gone completely viral. And, you know, I played for you yesterday, this guy. You know, he was uh, all wait, John, do we have the audio from yesterday of this guy yelling at everybody in the uh, let me know if, if you can grab that. I, I just have a hard, so this guy, this guy's a lawyer who is supposedly um, a Spanish speaker, too. And uh, here we are. He does this. He goes around yelling uh, racist stuff at people. Aaron Schlossberg is his name. He went totally viral with his rant about calling ice on. I just like it's hard to believe that somebody could be so uh, so racist, such a troll, so uh, completely. I, I don't know, self-destructive too. I mean, this guy's now been caught on two videos. The one that I just played for you, the guy wasn't even. The guy was apparently born in Massachusetts. He's a white guy, and he's yelling at him that he's from another country or something. I think this guy Schlossberg, so, something's something's wrong with him. I mean, other than just being a racist and a jerk, but I mean, like he must have a a screw loose or something. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like this guy in my life, and it almost feels like he. I mean, think about this. I played the video for you yesterday, and I was saying. And John, let me know when we get. I, I want to play just yesterday's clip of this guy, uh, you know, berating everybody. But I'm thinking, no one is this dumb and and this blatantly, you know, anti-immigrant. Uh, who, who's also, I mean, I know people are that bad, but who's also a, a lawyer living in Midtown? We have it played. So, so I played to you the the uh, bumping into a guy in the street audio, also allegedly Aaron Schlossberg. And just for refreshers' purposes, here's what he said, or here's what came out uh, earlier this week. Play it. Clients at your staff yeah. is speaking Spanish to customers when they should no, be speaking. Very violent. I mean, sometimes they do. Very yeah. Yeah. Very Every person I listen to, he's spoken, he's spoken, she's speaking it. It's America. They, they, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. He's very ignorant. He's very ignorant. He's very ignorant. My guess is they're not documented. So my next call is to ICE to have each one of them kicked out of my country. If they have the balls to come here and live off of my money, I pay for their welfare, I pay for their ability to be here. The least they can do, the least they can do is speak Now welfare? running a place in Midtown Manhattan, your staff should be speaking English, not Spanish. Because the people like you are nation. I am called ICE. Call ICE. So that they can Maybe you shouldn't eat that sandwich today. Take a break from the food. Maybe you should get hit by a car. 
I mean, this guy, like I said, he's fat shaming. He's, you know, immigrant shaming. He's, and that was, uh, that was earlier on in the week. I've just, how how does this guy still have a job? I mean, how, how is he able to, to function? He's doing all this in Manhattan. In Manhattan, he's gotten totally famous now in a bad way. He's infamous because he's gone viral. But it's just, it's just hard to believe that that uh, this guy is. The, well, like I said, he, he might have some kind of a break with reality going on. But I, I had to play it for you. This isn't even his first. This isn't his first rodeo with racism. You know, this isn't the first time that uh, this guy has d- decided. To lay into somebody or lay into some people for no apparent reason, I just couldn't believe it. So anyway, that, that's a, the viral video of the week. Although I, I still find the uh, the state trooper video that we played for you earlier, I, I think that's even more interesting. Uh, this is I keep telling everybody, you know, you, you've always got to assume any public dispute now, any argument you're having with you know, what happens, right? We get. Thing, people do things to us that are not cool, and we want to respond, and we get heated. But just remember, you got video cameras on you, right? Just remember, you're not going to have the ability necessarily to have the context for the discussion on that video when it goes super viral. So this guy Schlossberg, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes of all this. But it doesn't look. I mean, if, if it's some kind of cry for attention, I guess that's worked. But I guess we also have to assume this is real. This is who this guy is. He's He likes to start it with people and say that they're immigrants living off of welfare that he pays for. And he's just mean, too. What a jerk. He's jerk of the week. All right, we got roll call up next. Stay with me. Team Buck, it's time for Roll Call. All right, today we're going to kick it off with email to our official Team Buck at gmail.com inbox. Usually we start with the Facebook, but I want to get to our emails. And remember, just send us an email, officialteambuck at gmail.com with your thoughts, and uh, you too can be up on the Roll Call. All right, first up we have, says grep. I don't know what that means. Anyway, hey, Buck, OSS Team Canada checking in. Just wanted to say how jealous we Northern Freedom Lovers are of your country and president. We're getting sick of our premier and his constant sympathy for terrorists, most recently on the Israeli border. On a more positive note, in Ontario, I'm seeing a bevy of conservative party signs before our upcoming provincial election in June. Eh? Even in the city, we are experiencing what I believe is part of the Trump effect. Many people, especially hardworking immigrants, are getting sick and tired of the stigmatization of social conservatism, praying that freedom will be preserved and start making some ground back here and down south. P.S. Could you please do one more of those embarrassing Gollum exhales you mentioned in your gym story yesterday? (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. We don't need to worry about that. But there you go. Uh Daniel writes, love the show, hate carpet sharks, shields high, and remember, it's all in the reflexes. Good call, my friend Daniel. Thank you very much for the note. Andrew writes, 
Hey, Buck. A guy at work and I are constantly having discussions about the Israel-Palestine conflict. He sends me links with pro-Palestine stuff, and I send him links with pro-Israeli. It seems the source of the article is what determines who is right. Do you know of any reading that would give me nothing but the unbiased facts? I don't know enough to have a true, intelligent conversation on this, but I want to inform myself. Also, Andrew attached a very cute picture of Clarence, his pooch. Very, very cute. Um, the answer, honestly, Andrew, is I can't think of one that would be completely objective and unbiased. You know, I, I don't know. It's really tough. It's a very heated issue and people get very animated about it so i wish i could say something differently but you know there's some uh tom segev has some good books on it you can uh certainly read you know you'll get like a liberal perspective from thomas friedman uh but he he was pretty informed on this issue he's not as informed on other issues so yeah that's the best i can do for you right now off the bat my friend uh but thank you so much for the note brandy writes buck love your show as always i know you're busy bringing us important information every day but i received a an email from my daughter's high school principal in montana that has me apoplectic to borrow a word i learned on your show i thought others might find it interesting as well and i would love your thoughts on it if you have the time Uh, i'll include the email below Uh, basically the school has banned the display of the Confederate flag in any way because it caused a student to experience fear and anxiety at school and a student was suspended for refusing to remove a shirt. Uh, I'm pretty certain that if a student was wearing a hijab, the school wouldn't make that student remove it because of fear and anxiety. I'm also pretty sure a male student dressing as a female might cause disruption of the educational environment to some, but any complaining student would be educated about how to be accepting thanks and all you do keep up the great work brandy uh brandy you know the the, the confederate flag this is one that uh, i think we're, we're going to see that the confederate flag is pushed out of the public square in many ways the same way that the nazi swastika is i'm just saying that's what i think is happening I, i'm a yankee i'm from new york city i, I don't have um any cultural or historical attachment to Quite honestly, anything really from the Civil War. I'm, I'm not. It's not a period in history I spent a lot of time thinking about. But the schools are certainly making decisions about what is triggering, what causes anxiety, and what doesn't. And those are going to be inherently political decisions. No question. Uh, we have somebody from a Realty. Oh, sorry. Brandon writes, Buck, glad you had a great Mother's Day. You have to pat the potatoes down with paper towel to make sure they are dry before frying. Learn the hard way on a college date meal gone wrong. Love the show, Shields High. Well, thank you very much, Brandon. Yeah, I I did not, my, my flash fried potatoes did not work out the way I thought. Remember, they had already been roasted, but then I wanted to flash fry them to give them kind of an extra crisp and a little, a little flavor. And uh, it was a disaster. So it did not work out well. Thank you for the tip. Guile. Cool name. He writes, WTF, Buck. I'm sure you get that a lot. Thanks for the fresh look on all of the nonsense. I thought I was a pretty good guy until Trump got elected. Did eight years in the Coast Guard, raised my four daughters, got them all married off in church to great guys, been married to the same woman 31 years, worked a steady job my whole life. Now, 
I find out that I'm a racist, homophobe, Islamophobe, xenophobe, white supremacist, and all-around bad guy. I wouldn't have known this without the help of our new president. I guess I'll start therapy or something. Listening to you is therapeutic enough, though. Shields high, guile. First of all, guile makes me think automatically of uh, the character from Street Fighter Two, who has the, the kind of blonde... I don't even know what you'd call the hairstyle, but he's like a military guy. He was my favorite character in Street Fighter 2, so there you go. Sonic, boom. Remember that? You guys know what I'm talking about. Sonic, boom. Uh, So, yeah, uh, as to being all those things, yep, the culture is changing in such a way that to hold what would be considered traditional conservative views is now problematic for a lot of folks. Um, They think that it makes you a bad person. So there you have it. But, Guile, keep listening, man. Thank you so much for your note. Uh, We now have Chip, who writes, I don't agree. Oh, sorry. I I agree. I like, I like, uh, I don't like laugh tracks on comedy shows. As I write this, I'm drinking Black Rifle and use your code to thanks. Well, Chip, thank you, man. High five. Thanks for supporting me. Thanks for supporting Black Rifle and drinking some great coffee in the process. All right, next one in comes courtesy of Dave. Hey, Buck, love your show. It's Dave and Katie, actually. Thanks for all the messages of mine you've read on the air. I'm curious if you watched the Rubin Report on YouTube. Uh, Love to hear what you think about this classical liberal awakening. Shields high, Dave. You know, I had Rubin on maybe over a little over a year ago on radio. Some of you will remember that. Uh, so I, I knew about Ruben before Ruben was quite the uh, phenomenon he's turned into today. I, I don't watch his stuff, but I uh, certainly respect his positions and, and think he's a thoughtful guy. And we've reached out to him, actually, in the last few weeks. So we're hoping that he'll come and uh, join the show for an interview sometime. We will see how it goes. Uh, next up here, uh, we have... Hold on one second. Next, uh, we have Jeffrey Wright's I mean, Buck isn't saying that Buck is perfect or anything. He did beat Jesus at arm wrestling. Just saying, Buck Sexton. Did I did I say that? That doesn't sound like me, Jeffrey. But it's funny. So I like I like that part of it. We have Bruce writing about an '80s surfer dude. He writes, Buck, you've got the '80s surfer dude down pat. Nice. Believe me when I say, often endure 80% of your other impersonations. But Commie Bear and Surfer Dude are rad. Okay, Bruce. Hey, you know, two out of about 20 ain't bad. I'll, I'll take it, my friend. Thank you for the support. And thanks for the email. Next up, quick email here from Mark, who writes, Buck, love the show. I was a total skeptic on your egg-cracking method. I decided to try it out yesterday in the morning and was amazed that it really works. It's much better than trying to bash the eggs on the side of a pen or bowl. Keep up the good work. Shields high. Mark, indeed, sir. Welcome to the light. Welcome to the truth. Guys, trust me. Eggs. Put a piece of paper towel on your counter. Flat surface. Learn to crack the egg on the flat surface. It is so much more efficient. You won't get shell in stuff. You won't make a mess. I'm telling you. I. It's a life hack, folks. Maybe we could call it a buck hack. Although that sounds like other things, too. Uh, Matt writes, Hey, Buck, great podcast. Your Hillary impression cracks me up every time. I wonder if the blue wave turns out to be a blue bubble. Do we also blame Russia and the patriarchy for that? The liberal tears would be epic. Keep up the good work. Shields high from Matt. Well, Matt, I tend to agree. And thank you so much again for uh, sending in the email. I appreciate it. 
great to uh, hear from you. One more here from Daniel, then we'll have to uh, close out the Freedom Hut for the night. Buck, I've been listening to the podcast since the first time you filled in for Rush. When you did, I downloaded all the back episodes on iTunes and listened to them. You were my ride-along on many a night shift over the years. Any fan of Jack Burton is a friend. Add in Office Space references, and you're practically my brother. But how have you not seen the Boondock Saints? I understand Miss Molly not wanting to watch it, but seriously, man, you need to watch this movie in order to appreciate the diversity of the world. Thank you for recommending the Ron Swanson quote vid. I watched one, and made, and it made my week. Um, movie quote, have you paid your dues? You have to finish the line for full credit. Um, yeah, that's Jack Burton. Check is in the mail. See? Shields high, and remember, it's all in the reflexes. Yes, my friends, it is indeed. Great note from uh, Daniel. Thank you so much, man. I'm glad I... It's a really high compliment that you went back and listened to old shows, which any of you can do, by the way, if you ever want to. Uh, but thank you so much for that, and an and honor to have been able to keep you company and hang out. That's going to be it for the Freedom Hut today. Uh, we got... We got a... I was going to say uh, Shields High, but that's not time just yet we've got a freestyle friday in the mix tomorrow hopefully we'll hear from lots of you facebook.com slash buck sexton or send me that email until then my friends shield time